Yeah, we're going to talk for about a half hour, I think, we've got um, about music. We chose music because Christmas tends to be kind of a, a slow time for Ricky. Yeah. And we didn't, we didn't want him to get bored, so. <laughs> right now, Rick is going through Navy SEAL training. It's like called Hell Week, and he, he hadn't slept for like 36 hours straight. And he's going out in the surf right after this for another round of abs. My sister-in-laws were in town, so me and Anna and my sister-in-laws were up all night talking. Bad decision. I'm, yeah. so, I'm so tired. <laughs> and that's the, okay, that's the one thing that's not on us. Yes. Yeah, the rest of it's our fault. So um, I want to just test a hypothesis before we start. Um, Jeremy, what's your favorite Christmas hymn? Anything that my wife sings. Cha-ching, cha-ching, what up, girl? Yes. Also, every single song that Rick and the team led this morning, that was so tight. I, I thought it was truly some of the best music I've heard. So you're making my job harder again? <laughs> Pick one. Okay. I think... I think Silent Night at the Christmas Eve service might be mm -hmm. one of my favorite. But if it's just me, I think, what child is this? Isn't that called Green Sleeves? Okay, so you went from nine to two. Am I right? You've got Silent Night. I also have a poem for a conclusion, and then we'll pass the plate. Okay. I'm a preacher, gonna, so sorry. What child is this? I'm picking that for you. Okay, Ricky, what is your favorite, I, a favorite? I, I, a favorite, thank you. Yeah. I think Oh Holy Night is, is a favorite. Yeah. I can crush that song. You want me to do that right now, real no, quick? No, thank you. Okay. But we, First. we three kings. Sorry, we three kings. I love the theology. If you really look at the theology of that some of these hymns, song. that ain't a theology. Hark the Herald. If okay. you've ever studied Hark the Herald, it will blow your mind. It is amazing. Sorry, that's three. Yeah, that is. And I was going to pick one, but I don't need to. So, um, <laughs> let's say you could only, you could only do. You had to pick one song that you were going to sing in a, a Christmas service. All three of these, or four, however many we mentioned, are excellent. But I'm just kind of curious what, what your favorite might be, because tastes differ. Um, I'm going to ask about Silent Night. I'm going to ask about Hark the Herald Angels Sing. And, oh, Holy Night. I, and We Three Kings. Okay. So how many people just really love maybe most Silent Night? Okay, hand, oh, quite a few. Okay, how? What? <laughs> we three. What was? Uh, Hark the Herald Angels sing. A few. Okay, and the third one was. We three kings or Oh Holy Night depends what you want to do. Oh Holy Night. I love that one. I love that one. Okay. I'm happy okay. to sing that one. Yeah. Um, my hypothesis was yeah was confirmed. Um, Jeremy doesn't make anything easy for me, that's one thing. Um, <laughs> two, people have different tastes. And three, we all really like music yeah. a lot. Uh, I couldn't get three here, we probably came up with five or six, and I didn't even mention my favorite, which is Bring a Torch, Jeanette Isabella. Say so, that again? Yeah, Bring a torch? It is. It's say, say it again. Bring a torch, Jeanette Isabella. Bring the torch, Jeanette. What, are they killing martyrs? What are they doing with this torch? It's, no, no, it used to be in the old hymnals. Huh? It's, go check it out. How many people know it? Bring it. See? See? Yeah. Okay, so. But people love music. We just, 
we are we engage with it much more than if I asked you, um, what do you prefer, having the shades up or down during the service? <laughs> okay, um, but music is different. What we like and what we love. Um, we also get very passionate about what we don't like. I think one of the most fun conversations I've been part of, and I think you were part of this too, was 10 or 15 minutes that some people stood around and talked about music that drives them crazy. They weren't any of these valid hymns that we're talking about now, but just music that drives us nuts. So tonight what we're going to do is we're going to talk about music, something that we all care very much about, and how it relates to the worship service. And you may never have, the first question is, um, why do we sing? And you might not have thought about this very deeply before. I, I know I hadn't. I, it's just because you always do. Um, it's, a, it's a very pleasant tradition to sing in church. But I want to ask you guys, why, biblically, why do we sing? Well, the Psalms, uh, the Lord calls us to sing in the Psalms over a hundred times, and then many more times outside of the book of the Psalms. Um, in Genesis, we get to know who made the flute and the harp, but we don't find out who made the wheel. Um, throughout history, revival has been accompanied by songwriting movements. God himself sings, Zephaniah 3, 7, he will rejoice over you with singing. Um, the Psalms were sort of the soundtrack to Jesus's life. On the cross, he quotes a psalm, a song he sung, um, Psalm 22 in the context of love and unity uh, in Romans, uh, no, I'm sorry, in Colossians, I believe, Paul says, um, uh, minister to, one, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, um, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with thankfulness unto your, in, in your hearts to God. I went to a conference re recently for school, and um, and one of the guys says, said there, one of the best pictures of our unity is us singing together. It's the only time that all of us are in one space doing the same thing at the same time. Um, I thought that was beautiful. Uh, when you read of eternity in Revelation 7, um, the people of God are still singing. So I like to tell Jeremy often, often that my ministry is still going to exist in heaven. <laughs> Yours will be done. Okay. So who's more important here? <laughs> uh, so I think the Bible gets much thinner if you take out all the references to singing and music. Thank you. But that doesn't come without challenges. Um, some people can relate to this. Um, my question to you is, but what if I'm a terrible singer? What if the person next to me would prefer that I not sing? What then? What is my relation to singing in a worship service? Yeah, so uh, I meet with a couple guys on Friday, and, and one of them said, yeah, Brian's singing. And so I just, you know, with the way guys can talk to guys, I just let them know, well, you are sinning against the Lord. <laughs> If you feel good about that, then do, I guess, do whatever you want. <laughs> Why are you even showing up at worship service? That's a direct command, too. I mean, you might as well just hate your life and, and, and go disobey. Sin boldly if you're going to sin, I guess. But you've got positive commands in the New Testament to sing, and there's no little parenthetical idea that says, oh, unless you don't want to, or you don't like it. Oh, you don't like it. What do you say sometimes when people say, I don't like that? 
Never mind. <laughs> My bad. All that to say, here's the point. The New Testament gives, gives us positive commands to sing. You've got it not only in the Old Testament as an example, but you've got positive command. Hey, you need to sing to one another. And so one of the crucial aspects, one of the positive commands that we're called to do when we get together is to sing the word. We're also called to pray together, pray the word of God. We see the word of God in baptism and communion. We also are to hear the word of God preached, uh, but undoubtedly we are to sing the Bible to one another. And so whether you have a good voice or not, whether you feel like it or not, the text calls us to sing one to another. So beyond just being obedient to the word, to the positive commands, I think that um, Psalm 16, 11, I believe it is, says, in the, you, you teach me the path of life. In the presence of the Lord, there's fullness of joy. And in his right hands, there are pleasures forevermore. So there are a lot of things in life that we don't want to do that bring quality and positivity into our lives. I don't want to stay on a diet, but I probably should. The, there are plenty, thing, plenty of things that we would not prescribe for ourselves that are good for us. And so we gather every single Sunday in this room in the presence of the Lord. It is the one time that all the gifts of the body are in one space. When I'm singing otherwise, I'm in my car by myself or I'm in my house and Anna doesn't even hear me sing anymore. She's gotten used to it. But but we are in the presence of the Lord and there's fullness of joy there no matter what circumstances are happening. Not only that, one, one scholar that I'm reading for school says that singing the word is just as much as, is just as important as preaching the word because the gospel is coming out of your mouth. Yes, you get to declare and preach the gospel over yourself through the text that we are singing. And that is necessary for you to participate in worship in the that way and not just receive uh, from Jeremy. Yeah, it's, we've mentioned it's one of the few times where you are actually doing the work of the church together. We're singing to each other, which is why the two New Testament texts, if you want the references, Ephesians 5.19 and Colossians 3.16, it says, sing one to another. And so it's fine. Some of you, sometimes I will close my eyes and I will sing between me and the Lord. But the New Testament text is to sing to one another. And it's a unifying and, and encouraging moment when you get to know people and you know the heartache that's going on and they're singing their heart out in Christ alone and you know they're facing scary cancer diagnoses and they're facing the potential death of a loved one and they're singing and no matter what, and they're, they've, we know that uh, when you know the situations that one another is going through as a church should and you begin to sing to each other, it's like, yeah, man, I know Rick's had a hard week. He's singing his guts out for Jesus. I've had a hard week. I'm, you've had a hard week. And here we are singing one to another and reminding each other, man, a mighty fortress is our God. Man, that is ministry that you're all participating in. And it's crucial. And I think talent level when it comes to singing, that there's, no, there's nothing in the text that says sing unto the Lord if you sing well. 
that's not what's in the text. One of the things that I will never forget when I was in seminary the first time, I was at church at a Monday, Thursday service. A friend of mine was sitting right beside me. He knows that I'm a singer. He is not. He's singing his heart out, crying, can't, cannot sing, really unpleasant voice. He's singing his heart out, and I couldn't sing because I was so blessed. He didn't care that Ricky the singer was hearing him sing poorly. He was worshiping his God, and that was encouraging. Should we give him a microphone? No. <laughs> okay. Stay out yonder. Okay. But, <laughs> but it was a blessing. So it's it's not about the your ability, right? It is about God calling you to Himself, right? It's not God calling you to a song. It's the Lord beckoning you by the Spirit to come to me, be vulnerable to me, lift your voice to me. It's uncomfortable. It may be unpleasant for you. It may be unpleasant for others, but it's not. Yeah, you're singing to the, to to them, but it's not about them. Yeah. Yes. So one of my worship leader friends, I know you got to jump in. One of my worship leader friends, he'll post this on his Facebook page every so often. I'm not that bold, even though you probably think I am. Somebody comes up to him at the end of the service and gives them a list. The music was too loud. I didn't like your song. You didn't sing my favorite song. You didn't sing the hymn, blah, blah. And he says, oh, too bad. we weren't worshiping you. <laughs> I, w I would never say that because I think it's a little rude, but I think there's some truth to it. Oh, you didn't like the music? Oh, that's okay. We weren't worshiping It was you. about Jesus, but that's <laughs> fine that you did. And Jesus is good with it. What did I do? <laughs> what was I supposed to do? <laughs> I always say this. I keep interrupting you. I always say this. Listen, somebody's got to like the music. It might as well be me. Okay? <laughs> okay. Oh, this is great because that leads right into the next question, which is if you visit other churches or if you watch some services online, you know that every church approaches um, worship music in a different way, has a slightly different personality, worship team, uh, what the goals are that they are trying to meet. How would you... How would you describe what we're going for in our style and our sound? What are you trying to accomplish? I think that our church is a reflection of the people that we are, okay? So I am who I am. You are who you are. I, the next Sunday, you're going to see 50 people on the stage worshiping God celebrating the incarnation of Christ, and it is who we are, who God has given us, who's, who's musical, right? So our, our worship style is, is a, just a reflection of the people that God has given me to work with, who I, who I feel so blessed to work with week by week. Uh, Hong Kong is here, and she is from Hong Kong, and she brings a diversity of instruments. One of my favorite instruments is her pipa. It's, it's one of my, and I knew nothing about it until I got here, and now it's one of my favorite instruments. Now, you'll go to a church down the street, and you probably won't hear that played, and that's fine, but Hong Hong is here, and she plays it well, and she loves the Lord. Let's bless him with that. So, it's not so much, so of course, I could choose several different, well, also, let me say, I do have a boss, and a, a wonderful, kind-hearted very gentle boss. And that is true. Oh, All yeah. of that is true. Oh, yeah. All of that is true. 
Thank you, Dr. Ralph and Chris, for being the boss. So a, a part of a part of my worship, a part of a part of not just my job, but my honoring the Lord is honoring my boss. So I care if my boss doesn't like a song. So now, does that mean that if you don't like a song that I, I care or don't care? I do care. But how, I can't please everybody. <laughs> it's impossible. And the very thing that you hate, somebody else really loves. And the very thing that they love, somebody else really hates. Uh, some, one other thing, I don't care for every song that we do here. I choose songs that are good songs, and I and some of them I have to learn to love them, but I think this is good for the diet of our congregation. Mm -hmm. uh, so as far as what, what, what style we're going for, well, I'm a black guy, so you're gonna get black stuff. <laughs> Congratulations, I ought to say that <laughs> first. Con what, can I get some applause? Amen. There we go. So, you know, if you don't want black stuff, then send me packing, baby. <laughs> so, um, and, 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 and then who, who look, Brooke is coding Christ. <laughs> and then who has the Lord given us? So, uh, so for example, um, on, on a, why do we switch the melody around in the song? And I may start singing the melody and somebody else, because I am constantly seeking to serve the people on this stage. And I am every week, I am trying to serve them according to their strengths, challenge them and to avoid weaknesses because all of us have strengths and weaknesses. Uh, now, I, I, I come from a background where you can learn a song in five minutes and sing it the rest of your life. Apparently here, you can sing Amazing Grace for 50 years, but you still need me to sing the melody of it 50 years later. <laughs> I don't understand. <laughs> One of the first conversations we have is that, hey, I had a hard time following the melody on this song. Cause, cause well, don't you know the song? <laughs> And it is amazing grace, but I need you to sing the melody for me to feel comfortable singing the melody. And Ricky said, why don't you just sing, bro? Why you got to need me? So we're, we've worked through some of those pieces, but it may be helpful for you to know that different backgrounds do melody slightly different. Absolutely. Uh, but the way we're trying to do the music here, or my heart with alongside Rick is, yes, Lord, whoever you bring and the talents that they bring, let's, let's steward those talents well, and some of those unique ethnic heritage. The, the pipa from Hong Kong is an Asian-sounding instrument, and you may think to yourself, oh, interesting, there's an, there's an Asian musical ingredient on stage. Yeah, <laughs> because that's who God's, God's brought to us, and if you're a world-class if you're a world-class banjo picker who plays bluegrass, we're going to have a little bluegrass up here when, you, when it's your turn. And, and so it is as you bring in this eclectic group of music. And it's a picture of, a, of, of the body of Christ, right? So, like, actually, American evangelicalism is a minority in the body yeah, of Christ, especially if you look across 2,000 years of church history, right? My undergrad degree is in religion, so I'm constantly watching weird things. I actually sent a text message to the team on Saturday because I was watching this thing about Eastern Orthodox, and I was telling Jason that he had to wear this garb. <laughs> But his couldn't be fancier than mine. But anyway, so, so like we are the minority in how we do worship service. Yeah. But, it's, but this is all we know, so we think it's what's normal. 
but you go five minutes down the street to the Hispanic church or the black church or the white Anglican church, and it's completely different. And the Lord welcomes all of our diversity. Not only does he welcome it, he created it. It's all for his glory. And so we all have to, there, there are ways that I am in some ways, it was a culture shock when I began to first lead worship here because I grew up completely different. And so in ways that you are uncomfortable, I, I, am, I am as well. And praise the Lord, because we're one body of Christ. Yeah. Amen. Amen. One, one compliment we pay to Ricky when he's not in the room, it, to, to folks who are newer to our church, is, is I think the music that we have at Mill Creek, I would put Ricky up against any musician in the town. He's oh, yeah. phenomenal. He's phenomenal. And, and, and every, every additional year that we have Ricky on our team, I thank the Lord. Um, this guy gets job offers because he's super talented and he's getting his PhD. And uh, I'm sad to say, I hope it doesn't happen. Uh, we keep you as long as we can keep you and we will, we will kidnap Anna and keep her indefinitely. <laughs> Uh, we, lo we, we love you guys and want to keep you till we church plant you down in the urban core of Kansas City. We think okay. you do a great job church planting. I'm down. praying against it hard. <laughs> but we do tell. Send Jonathan. We do tell. <laughs> we do Jonathan. tell folks who are newer to us, hey, I think our music is, I, I think the way you hear music that's worshipful to God in this church is one of the things that's very unique for us. You're not going to find another Ricky or this sort of sound in the city. And we really love that. We really love that, and, and we're so grateful to have you leading our church this way. <laughs> okay, can I ask a question? <laughs> Craig, we're, okay, you, he, Craig's up here as eye candy. That's all he's doing up here, <laughs> as he's just balancing out Rick really, and Really, the microphone is dead. It means nothing. <laughs> um, now, you introduce a lot of new songs, some that I haven't heard before, and I think that's, that's a lot of fun. Um, how do the old time, old, older songs, the hymns, how does all of that fit in? Uh, so I, I grew up on hymns like many of you in the uh, slightly different rhythmically and harmonically, but, but pretty much uh, some of the same hymns. I was really challenged at the For the Church conference that we went to as a staff. Uh, I went, me and Jonathan, and um, uh, I can't remember who else from the church was, were there. We were in this uh, breakout session, and this guy was talking about leading a diverse church. And he was, his argumentation was that, uh, that we need to set a palette for all kinds of people um, in a diverse church. Uh, and, and, and he sort of sort of said, yeah, get rid of, get rid of the hymns. And, and what he said was, which, which I don't get rid of hymns. We just sang praise to the Lord, the almighty, the king of creation. I think it was written in the, either the 1800s or the 1600s. So please remember that before I say anything else. <laughs> we sang that this morning. Um, so, uh, so he said that, and I, I, I sort of wrestled with it and wrestled with it. Um, uh, I'm not getting rid of hymns, but here, here is what I, I believe that is, is true. Um, 
Second Peter one verse three says the Lord has given us everything we need for life and godliness through the knowledge of Christ. So all the way back in 64 AD, I said this a few weeks ago before we sang a mighty fortress, um, all the way back in 64 AD, before any of the songs we hold so dearly were ever written, the apostle Peter wrote the church already had everything it needed for life in the knowledge of Christ. Our children don't need to know amazing grace. They need to know the gospel. Our children don't need to know praise to the Lord, the almighty. They need to know the gospel. And how is it that the the hymns that we hold so dearly are the ones that everybody needs to know? But wait a minute. We aren't. There's been 2000 years of church history and these hymns are 150 years old. Right. And 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 there are other cultures who've never heard these hymns, but you know what they have heard? The gospel. So what we need is the gospel. We sing hymns because they declare the gospel. We sing new songs because they declare the gospel. I will sing a song that was written eight minutes ago if it declares the gospel. I will sing a song that was written 800 years ago if because it, if it declares the gospel. So it's not the vehicle that's important. It's what, is, what, what that vehicle is bringing, and that's the gospel message. So I love hymns just like everybody else loves hymns, but I was really challenged because I, I, I think I have, I have drank the Kool-Aid that if a church is not singing hymns, it's at a spiritual deficit, I, that don't that don't go with second peter 1 verse 3 it it doesn't fit if you've never heard a song in your life but you have the scripture you've got it you've got everything you need and i and and i don't know if that's hard to hear or not because i really struggled with that so so i didn't come to that lightly and it explains to folks who may say well there's some good songs i hear on Caleb why don't you play that song well, if it declares the gospel clearly, and if it hits, if I understand, there are 19 parts of your rubric to decide if we're going to sing a song up here. So just in case you wonder if he just like puts a bunch of songs out on the, on the floor and then goes, ah, whichever one that this gumdrop hits as I throw it, that's the one I'm going to pick. Instead, there's these 19 criteria. If it fits those pieces, then we'll play it. But we're not under some presumption that there are certain songs that are so sacred that God himself selected them for the church and we have to sing those or else we've been some, somehow unfaithful to who God is. So here's an interesting fact. I, uh, the early church, mo- many scholars believe the early church, the early Christian church, they were not singing Jewish Hebrew Bible Psalms. They were singing new songs about Christ. So it took maybe a century before they started incorporating Psalms from the Hebrew Bible back into their worship services. That's pretty, we're talking about songs from the Bible. The early church wasn't singing. They were singing new songs. And so, so I, I think just having this knowledge is helpful to go, oh, wait a minute. I, I think we have some traditions that we've just said, this is it. But we should constantly bring, be bringing ourselves to the text and to understanding and saying, spirit, reform the way that I'm thinking about things. Amen. So, 
So what would you say? Maybe a third of our songs are hymns? Uh, I, I actually checked this a few weeks ago. About 30% of our songs are what we would consider hymns. Now, the definition of hymn is a, is a, is a sacred song. So technically, everything we sing is hymns. <laughs> so it's like, I'm singing every song I sing is a hymn. Y'all to be applauding me. <laughs> I do have one, possibly two more questions. One is, I, I think that we've talked about this. Everybody has different tastes. Even you don't like some of the things we do. Um, they're not your favorites. Uh, so we don't expect that everybody's going to love everything. But what if I'm somebody who... I'm pretty much loving everything. I mean, every now and again, you pick a clunker as far as I'm concerned. But I pretty much, I do, I, I, I love the slow songs. I, I, I love it when I can rock out. And I, I just, so do you consider that a win? Um, do I consider it a win that you like the music that I choose? Um, I, I, what I would consider is that you have good taste, but, <laughs> okay, so, no, so, so the, the goal here is, is not that you like, the goal here is not ultimately that you like the music. If you like the music, praise the Lord. I'm glad. I went, me and Anna went to a church in Georgia when, when we lived there. And when I moved to Georgia, I was just finished my master's degree in theology and music. And I decided I'm not choosing a church based on the music. I want to choose the church based on, on the teaching. So I found the church, excellent teaching. The music was not good. And I struggled with it. I, I was sinful in my heart about it. But it was, it was the church that, that I needed to be at. Um, if a church is not preaching the gospel and they've got the best music in the world, you need to run away. Amen. You need to run away. Um, if a church is teaching the gospel and their music isn't that great, what do you have to offer to help? Um, if, if, if the goal is not that you love the music, my, my, what I would love for, for us to walk away with is a better understanding of what happens in our worship gathering and what the text tells us about worship. So God requires perfect worship. The threshold is so high that humanity could not achieve it. So Jesus Christ came to worship perfectly in our place. We need a mediator before God to approach him, yeah. even for our Sunday morning gathering, yeah. including our musical offerings of worship. Jesus is our mediator. Jesus doesn't stop being my mediator when I start singing to God with a pretty voice. My pretty voice is not going before the throne of God alone Amen. as the offering. So understanding that the gospel permeates what we do in this space. So we are, the scriptures say that the Holy Spirit is in us and we are in Christ. Hebrews tells us, uh, we're speaking of Jesus, it says, I will tell of your name to my brothers in the midst of the congregation. I will sing your praise. Jesus was the God man. The man Jesus worshiped his father. The God man is still our perfect great high priest. 
and he worships his father. He presents perfect worship to his father and we are credited his account. So on, on Sunday mornings, a couple Sunday mornings ago, everything that could go wrong was going wrong in practice. And it was so freeing to say, yeah, even if everything explodes during worship service, my worship before the Lord is not blemished because Jesus has already done it all. It is finished. It's finished. It's done. So whether you sing well or not, whether whether the band stays with the click or not, whether you hear the click from Jeff's uh, headphones coming after the sermon, because you do, um, None of that commends us, no matter how great we sing or how great we play, or the quality or lack thereof, Christ has done it all. And so that is freeing in our worship that we come before the Lord boldly, perfectly before the Lord in Jesus Christ. Um, I uh, was reading an article for school and it was comparing African worship services to evangelical worship services or African-American, et cetera. And uh, it was talking about how we consider the worship service. Um, and in our culture, if we want to affect change in our lives, uh, if we want to lose weight, we count carbs, we go to the gym, we get a gym membership, whatever we do, right? If we want to get out of debt, we do Dave Ramsey. Uh, and, and a slave in the States, right? If you want to be free of slavery hundreds of years ago, you can put, try to escape, maybe end up getting killed, leave your, have to leave your family. But that's not going to abolish slavery, right? So... There's nothing that can be done unless God does it. So in poor countries in our world, a lot of their worship service mentality is, I'm desperate for you, Lord. I'm, I'm coming to you because I can't do anything on, on our own. A lot of our worship service men mentality is, I've come here to encounter God's word because if I can understand God's word, I can walk in alignment with God's word. And, and that is right, and it is good. On the opposite side of the coin, they're so desperate, there's nothing that I can do. I come to worship service to encounter God. You, you see the slight difference there? I come to encounter his word so that I can walk in alignment with him. I'm desperate, God, I need you, so I'm on my face in your presence. Um, and it was talking about how we can learn from one another. So I grew up in this, in this sort of vein where I come to encounter God. And so the worship service is not a place where, and I don't mean this in any offensive way. I, I didn't know that people drank coffee at church until I started going to an evangelical white church. I was like, y'all eating food in worship service? Ain't that for after service? What you? And, and so, like, because it was like we're coming to encounter God and fall on our faces and call out to Him. I think of Second Samuel when David is bringing in the Ark of the Covenant that has been gone. Second Samuel six, and he's dancing before the Lord. Uh, think of Psalm ninety-nine. They are making sacrifices. It's a worship service. They're making sacrifices. Uh, the Levites are bringing in. In the Ark of the Covenant, people are falling on their faces. They 
are singing because they understand that a king is processing in their midst. So like the worship service in the text is way more serious in the face of the presence of God than I think we sort of, it, not just Mill Creek per se, but we as an evangelical, evangelical culture conceive it to be. Uh, and that, so, so far more than you liking our music, is us understanding that there is something, the Bible says where two or three are gathered in my name, I am in the midst, and that God even right now is in our midst, and he wants to bless you by his spirit in this moment. And there's something special when this is happening that does not happen any other time. This is special. This is, this is sacred. That is sacred. Being in your car worshiping is sacred. This is different. Mm -hmm. This is different. And that is what I would love for us to, that is the gravity that I wish that we would, we would walk into this room with. And, and I think adopting this theology, allowing the Bible's theology of worship to inform us changes us from sitting in a place where we go, mm, do I like it? Do I not like it? Do I like it? Do I not like it? It changes our worship posture altogether. Do, do I like the song becomes nothing when I consider that the sacrifice of Jesus is literally bringing me into the presence of the Father right now as I'm singing this song I don't like. Right? Th that, that just changes the way that I don't like the, the, the beat of this song or why aren't we singing such and such. Wait a minute. It's not about me and my preferences. So something that was so helpful, some, some weeks when I'm at Midwestern, um, if I happen to be there on a chapel day, uh, I, everybody has to go to chapel. So I go to chapel, they're playing music, I don't like it at all. And I was so thankful because it helped me understand what you may experience on a Sunday, but it also helped me understand, oh, if I can't worship, when my preferences aren't being met, that's a sin problem. Mm -hmm. That's a sin problem. So am I really worshiping my preferences or am I worshiping God? Oh, I'm glad he said that, not me. <laughs> and, 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 and that really was, I was like, mm, not feeling this. I, I'm not gonna tell you what song because some of y'all would love it. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, stop it, never play that. And actually, somebody's asked me to play that song here, and I said, oh, yeah, yeah, wait, yeah. I'm, I'm done. It's We're going to run out of time. I think we have one question oh. left before we shut this down. No, no, nope. you answered that question. I really appreciate it. The, liking the music and pleasing everybody with the music is not enough. We need to take it to the next level of yeah. encountering. So that was what I got out of. I appreciate that. I hope this was helpful to you, too. And Ricky told me today that if anybody has questions or anything, they, sh they can come to him and ask him. Because, uh, and, and he talks about Midwestern. If you don't, didn't know, he's how close to getting your PhD? I'm done with my coursework in July, and then I'll do a year for dissertation. Yeah. Congrats. So, yeah. Congrats. So. And you my wife will be really, really excited when I'm done. Because okay. <laughs> every time it's time to write a paper, she's like, I hate you. <laughs> <laughs>
Well, thank you. Really, really appreciate tonight, and and I'm sure everybody else does too. So, and we appreciate you. Thanks. We do. We appreciate you. If if you, um, we hope that your theology of worship service has been pushed a little bit, so that. When Sunday morning comes around, I hope you don't have this attitude that I think some in our culture do, which is that worship service is like the dentist. It's like, oh, I'm always glad when I leave, but uh, do I have to go again? And that, that's not what text says worship service is supposed to be. And so I hope we've pushed you in some of those ways and allow God's word then to be the, the uh, foundation of what you really believe ought to be happening in here. Uh, Craig, thank you for the marvelous job you've done and all your work in preparing this. Thankful for you. Rick, the 